Welcome to the Everyday Citizens Tactical Podcast, Episode 11, Deliver Fund, Networking, and Road Trips. As always, my name is Jeremy and I will be your host. Today, we're going to do an overview of the 2022 Deliver Fund Range Day and whatever else comes to mind while we road trip it back home. I do apologize for the audio quality this week as I didn't have my normal recording equipment while driving in the car. With that being said, let's begin. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder Call me what you wanna but you can't call me no coward Strength in numbers, we the people still the ones with power Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours guys welcome to the podcast like i said before i got my buddy james with us we're uh we're road tripping it back from the range go ahead and say hi james what's up so this is james's first podcast so i apologize in advance if he is horribly awkward at some point in time during this um but like i said big thing we just got done with was the deliver fun range day uh organized by justin from archangel tactical medicine uh so shout out to you justin we'll get to more than that in a little bit um, so for those of you that don't, uh, have not realized already, yes, we got our Instagram deleted once again, and that sucks because that's probably the fourth or fifth business account alone that I've lost this year on Instagram. Hopefully after some assistance from comms and logistics, he's helping me with some, uh, some tech stuff right now. I'll be able to get back up on Instagram and, and we could stop this and really continue with the progression that I felt we've had this year in 2022. I think 2022 has been a really good year for the business. You know, we started the medical classes and whatnot. We dropped the IFACs. We've done some good networking. Just, we gotta stop getting kicked off social media because unfortunately this day and age, social media carries pretty much everything. But nonetheless, we'll get back into it. So the Deliver Fund. Uh, The Deliver Fund is a group organization that fights human trafficking. And they do a ton of really good stuff. And like I said, Justin from Archangel Tactical Medicine, he put on this event today. It was a range day. He had a bunch of different instructors come out, a bunch of different companies donate stuff. And it was you know, just a big range day. All of the proceeds for people, the things that people actually paid for, you know, to like do the range and then the raffles of products that companies donate and whatnot. All of that went to the Deliver Fund. So that's really awesome. James won something. What would you win in the donation? Uh, I'm sorry, in the uh, raffle. Uh, or what did? You, what was that flag that I you got? Win. Oh, the one Justin that, gave that to me. I didn't win it. Oh, okay. Because uh, I tossed a bunch of fucking money into it. <laughs> what was the flag, though? I don't uh, remember. The yellow one. It's the cat flag. Cat flag. Gotcha. But, so there was a ton of guys out there. Uh, let's see. We had Maddie from the Red Letter Project. We had Joey from... Uh, Gray Fighter. Gray Fighter. And then we had Jay from... HSG, Holistic Group Solutions? I guess. HSG. Um, Jay. Holistic Solutions. Holistic Solutions Group. HSG, yeah. Sorry, Jay. We didn't mean to mess that up. Um, So those were the three big instructors that were there. Uh, We'll get into them a little bit more. Big shout out to those guys for coming out. It was really, really cool to see just the different aspects that they brought to the table. You know, normally you sign up for a class. And although today wasn't necessarily a class you signed up for. It was more of a fundraiser style range events. Um, it was cool just to see the different instructing styles back to back to back with the three instructors that we had and the, you know, 
things that we actually covered in those classes. Um, you know, one one thing with like Joey, we were doing like a ton of rifle stuff, but you know, he also brought a lot of things like anti-terrorism and intelligence and like that kind of aspect to it. And then we immediately, at least for our group, we immediately rolled over to Maddie with the red letter, and we did a ton of pistol dynamic stuff, and then she ran us through some USVA-style drills. And then, you know, after we came back from dinner, we went out with Jay and did vehicle stuff. So it was a very diverse day, um, for sure. You got to use your gear in a lot of different aspects. Um, what would you say probably your favorite part was? James is a, is a damn good, damn good shooter. I just he's like shooting. He so. just likes shooting. Um, I think getting around the vehicles was probably my favorite part. Not to not, not as like a favorite on any of the instructors, but I just I love shooting around vehicles. Working it, in and around vehicles is, is always a good time. Yeah, I, I I favor the tactical and dynamic side of shooting a lot. So getting around the vehicles, shooting, moving, communicating, working with a partner. You know, I I personally really like that. Um, so for the for the range, we split up into two groups. It was more of like a beginner and intermediate group, and then a more advanced group, based on you know what guys said they were capable of during signups. And the advanced group that we were running with was pretty squared away, I'd say. Um, it was a really good group. It's really cool to come together with guys that you don't know like that, and just see like the gear that they bring to the table, and then you know what are their skill sets. Um, and it's humbling to go to an event like that, and you're like, oh, you know, you may be one of the better or best shooters of your immediate group of friends back home or whatever it is, but then you go to a class or you go to an event, and there's a ton of other guys like you, and you're like, you kind of step back and you're like, oh, you know, I'm not the coolest thing since sliced bread. I'm not John Wick. I'm not John Wick. Everybody is. Everybody here is John Wick, apparently. So... Um, but James, James is definitely one of the, the faster shooters there between him, Jake, maybe one other guy that I probably Duck. can't remember his name. Duck. Well, Duck's a fast shooter too, yeah, for sure, especially on the USBA style stuff. Um, we've been to a couple events now where uh, the unlucky Duck has been there, so I'm, I'm glad we've got to see him multiple times. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see the gear that a lot of guys bring to the table, especially at, like, the more advanced stage. Guys are running good name-brand gear. You know, you don't have to, like... At least I, I really didn't look at a lot of people's gear, and I was like, why do they have that set up that way? Like, everybody's gear was pretty squared away, I would say. I would I would agree. And everybody and everybody was running name-brand stuff. We saw a lot of Velocity, a lot of S-Tac, a lot of T-Rex arms, you know, so... Guys were, guys were squared away, which was awesome to see. Um, I know Justin definitely plans to do more of them in the future. Um, like, but I think he said he was going to possibly dive into like doing different organizations every time he does it because he wants to, you know, share the love. So definitely keep an eye out on Justin's page over at Archangel Tactical Medicine and then the Deliver Fund Range Day page because a ton of content stuff's going to be going up over the next month or so. Uh, and I'm sure he'll have a ton of information to share. So. Once again, shout out to Justin for that. What would you, just kind of generally spit on here, conversation-wise, what do you think one of the bigger takeaways was from class, as far as just, like, seeing everybody else? Just like you said, it's just more humbling 
one of the better shooters in the group coming out. Everybody's pretty equivalent. Yeah. Pretty equivalent to you are. And it's just like, well, I have work to do. Yeah, for sure. I know for me personally, I've, especially over the past two years, I've been in an instructor role a lot. So it was nice for me to step back and be in the student role and realize some things I've either become laxed on that I used to have, you know, tightened up or, you know, even learning new things. Because I know even like when we go to the range and whatnot, you know, I'm running drills, I write the drills that we do, so on and so forth. So, you know, I may get a couple reps here and there, but I'm not getting you know, the consistency that everybody else is. So today, this trip was definitely very humbling for me to realize, hey, you've, you've kind of falling behind on as fast as you may you may were at one point in time so um, and I would definitely uh, attribute that to some of my dry firing um, I, I stand by it. dry firing is really important it's not an excuse but over this past summer moving on to the new farm and whatnot I've just been riddled with projects just if I'm not at the firehouse I'm outside doing work 9 10 11 hours a day um, on top of everything else I do and I, and I definitely let my dry firing fall behind which which is not an excuse by any means but now I know like hey you need to you need to get back on your dry fire and step the fuck up another thing I would see you had you had a piece of gear come loose I had a piece of gear come loose what was it that you had come loose was it your was it your oh, laser, laser. Yeah, yeah during the nighttime portion yeah my laser came loose and then during the daytime portion the screw came loose on my surefire on my rifle and it was just wobbling around so I had to tighten that down and then I lost a screw on for my red dot on my pistol because my Glock 17 is an MOS um, I've had that happen a couple times in the past so I'm starting to notice the trends I don't know why because I use blue Loctite on all of my screws and MOS system is just pretty known for that yeah I don't I need to I need to figure out how I'm going to I'm going to adjust that because I remember a long range that I had probably four or five months ago, and at the end of the day I think I think my red dot damn near fell off. I've um, watched multiple people's red dots fall off using the MOS. I, I always used to think like MOS was the way to go because it was so much more convenient, but now like looking back on it, I'm like oh maybe milled was is better just for the stability standpoint. Yeah, kind of set into what optic you're running, but as long as you choose quality optic to begin with for sure and you know i carry a lot of stuff in my range bag to be able to fix things and whatnot but you know one thing i do not carry is extra screws for like that kind of stuff so i lost a screw i had a screw in but my optic was still you know, really wobbly after maddie's portion when we were with her so for the nighttime portion i was running my ccw which i have a drop holster for just a clock 19 with night iron sights so that was it would have been nice to have the red dot under NVG for sure but you, know, you can't run around with gear that's not squared away that just doesn't make any sense yeah. so you gotta make do um, like you got yeah always I don't, I don't have one fucking Glock you only got one Glock? yeah really? one AR one Glock I mean that's not necessarily that's not necessarily a bad thing to only have you know one Glock um, it'd be cool if you had more um, I, I think it was also really cool to see some of the other, like, gear, and then even, like, tech-wise, like, the MVGs that other guys were running, like, Ducks. Oh, yeah. MVG setup was awesome. So, 
So the unlucky duck, he was there and he brought his duels and he has white phosphorus duels, but on his right housing unit, he has a cap for thermal. It's an it's it, it's not an e Cody, but it's equivalent to an e Cody uh, attachment. And so he gets the thermal overlay. And it was, I mean, not only was, you know, obviously the duels really sharp with the white phosphorus, but that thermal capability comes in nice. Especially even if you're in a situation where night visions are now, night vision is now undesirable because you just don't have um, that good light, whether it be moonlights or, you know, stagnant background light, whatever it may be, you don't have anything to really make your night vision work as far as an observation standpoint goes having that thermal cap can definitely help with that a lot because it'll continue to run on its own. So, that's pretty cool. You uh, did say it will burn your tube if you sit there and stare at it for hours. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Is it able, what did he say, was it able to come on and off yeah, easily? Yeah, you can remove it. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, and there was a lot of other guys that, that were there that were there from, uh, like, small gear companies um, that make, like, you know, different types of mounts or stuff like that and then it was cool to meet Daniel from HRT. Uh, I've been working with Chris a lot more recently and just kind of chatted with him a lot, so it was nice to meet more guys from the HRT team. Um, I'm going to be doing a review on their new arc belts uh, here shortly. So definitely cool to meet more guys in organizations or, or companies that you're already working with and just continue to build that networking. Um, I know... For me personally, I really like just to meet people, even if they don't have like a company or they're a big influencer, just meeting people and, and hearing stories from them and they're like, oh, I also know so-and-so. And then you make you know, acquaintances and friends through that. So that is a, a really cool portion of events like this. That, and, and it's fun to just, it's fun to get out there in the range and just you know screw around and, and do drills and compete and whatnot. James loves to compete. Everything is a competition. It is always a competition, which is not a which is not a you know bad thing to have, not a bad attribute to have. But you know it's also cool to if it's a little bit more relaxed than a normal class, get out there, you know, film a little bit, you know, get some good content, and whatnot. And as cool as it is to film and whatnot and put stuff up on Instagram or make YouTube videos and whatnot, I personally like just having shooting footage of myself, not only from the learning aspect, but it's fun to just go back and watch yourself shoot and whatnot see if you're being proficient or whatnot, what can you work on, um, it's, it's just cool to have. You don't have to be a super big in, uh, Instagram influencer to, you know, like yourself, like recording yourself while you shoot or, you know, anything like that. Um, so definitely, I think it's weird. You think it's weird? <laughs> it says the guy that's been asking me for all the videos and photos of himself. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know me, I don't post anything. Yeah, I'm bad about taking photos and videos of myself. I take a ton of video and photo of other people, um, unless I'm like hardcore instructing, then I, I completely forget to get on my phone and take pictures at any point in time ever. Um, but, I, but yeah, for myself, I know I'm never like, hey, will you, will you record this? That that very rarely happens because I just never think about it. I, I'm the same. My phone usually stays in the range bag all day. And you know, and I was kind of more adamant about taking video and photo for this because I do plan to do a you know a highlight style video of the range day to help Justin out to promote the idea and whatnot. Um, so that's another thing that's going to be going out there. We'll be, you know, we got some highlights from all the instructors and whatnot um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, one thing that I, that I found really cool to learn about was 
Maddie's Red Letter Project for the females. Because yeah. I've never heard of anything like that where it's like like retreat style for women that's like that kind of focus. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool that it's more female focused yeah. to get them more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, Maddie from the Red Letter Project, uh, I'll, I'll talk on that for a second. The Red Letter Project is kind of like this retreat, and, and I don't know a ton about it just from my one you know experience with her this rage day. So, if I screw something up, Maddie, my bad. Um, but the Red Letter Project is kind of a idea or retreat style event where, you know, they bring a bunch of women in, whether you're just a civilian, law enforcement, whatever it may be, and they bring you into a more comfortable environment for you to explore and learn about being confident and capable, your self-defense, medical skills, all that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is really important, and it's it's hard, even as boyfriends, husbands, brothers, and all that kind of stuff, to get some women involved and interested in that kind of stuff. You can only do so much with them, especially if you're a boyfriend or a husband. You know, you're, you're a, your significant other only wants to listen to you so much. Yeah. So bringing somebody in there, uh, like Maddie, who's experienced, you know, she I learned that she's a that she was a fighter. You know, she is a competition shooter. You know, she does all this kind of stuff. And she is confident and knowledgeable. You know, it's probably easier for women to go into that environment and be able to learn and open up a little bit easier. Plus, they're around other women and whatnot, which which is good. So the whole thing kind of circles around, you know, developing some, you know, skills with firearms, some self-defense, some medical skills, like stop the bleed style stuff, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that was something really cool that, that, uh, that we learned about. Joey, I, I like listening to Joey talk. As much as I like shooting, I also like to listening to Joe talk because he's got that thick New York accent, and just listening to him talk about how we need to kill more terrorists is very motivating, I would say. Um, and he's got a lot of experience. That's 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 the thing a lot of instructors bring to the table, which a lot of people don't realize when you're paying for a course, you're not necessarily paying just to develop a skill. You're paying as well to learn from the experiences of others because experience does matter. You know, the mechanics of shooting a rifle, shooting a pistol, doing a takedown, whatever that may be, you know, that's mechanical. And that can be taught by anybody who doesn't even necessarily have a ton of combat experience. You don't, you don't have to be a combat veteran to teach somebody how to shoot a rifle or a carbine. But when you start getting into concepts and ideas past that, experience is where it really starts to come into play. Um, and that's the thing I think a lot of people forget about when it comes to that kind of stuff. Let's see, you've been, what are all the, you've been to a ton of courses this year. You've been to, list off where you've been, because you know better. This year or? Uh, just this year. Just this year. Uh, I guess we can see really do since COVID, because you've, you've been really heavy on the courses since COVID. Uh, I did two classes with Travis Haley, Haley Strategic and Phoenix. Uh, I'm gonna forget one now. Uh, Achilles. Yeah, I've done two classes with Rick at Achilles Tactics. I did a higher range day and did uh, a portion of his vehicle tactics class. And then the second day we did some NVG work with the guys at Hades Consulting, uh, which was awesome. And then I've taken two classes with uh, Duffy at 
Kinetic Consulting, I took its NVG1, and then uh, NVG CQB class up at MTAC in Muncie, Indiana. Nice. Definitely very diverse on the, uh, the class size, yeah, on the class side. That's just two years. And now I've signed up for Tusk at Garcia. Tusk. That is the big one everybody's talking about right now is Tusk. Because signups just opened up for that. An expensive class, but I've heard nothing but good things about the class. Hopefully one day I can go. For now, I'm just fireman, so that's that's not happening. <laughs> um, and plus, we I mean, we do a ton of stuff on the local level too. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's another thing that you know we've always promoted with ECT, and then even just like myself personally, before I started the business, when I was just you know posting motivational stuff on Instagram was. You know, getting with your local guys and, and doing stuff and training and going to the range and doing all these dynamic type things because you know one guy goes to a class let's say James goes to a vehicle class and James trains with four buddies at the local level well now James comes back and shares some of that information that he learned from a vehicle class you know one guy goes to one shepherd and learns a ton about patrolling he comes back and teaches about patrolling and one guy's an EMT or a paramedic he teaches a, class, a group about medical, so you know, getting to know not only people on the national network but specifically your local network is is the big thing for sure, um, especially with just the the day and age that we're in. Um, Joey talked about it some during his portion of the class. Terrorism, both foreign terrorism and domestic terrorism, whether it be far left or far right, is is on the rise, and, and maybe not even necessarily the action of it at this point in time, but the idea of it is definitely on the rise. The idea is definitely being pushed around. I mean, even look at you know the riots we saw in 2020 and everything that's moved past that. Even like from the Roe v. Wade perspective, following Roe v. Wade, there was a ton of, by definition, terrorism acts against you know single mom support centers and churches and all that kind of stuff. You know, something the media doesn't report. Those places are being uh, go ahead. <laughs> James James needs his energy drink. Uh, it's time. I don't know how you drink as many energy drinks as you do. It, just pure hate. It's just flavor at this point. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Um, yeah, like you know, all these facilities and these churches and whatnot were, you know, literally firebombs or, you know, graffiti or people were attacked leaving those facilities and whatnot. So. That kind of stuff is on the rise, uh, and you know, even just outside of the random active shooter stuff that we deal with, political terrorism um, is is a big thing right now. Specifically, if you live, live in the bigger cities, obviously, if you live in a cornfield town of 500 people, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, that kind of stuff as much. Uh, you may to some extent, but not as much as if you live in you know the suburban areas of downtown Chicago. So a very a very different aspect, but. It was cool to listen to Joey talk about that kind of stuff. Um, I think the French, the story about France, the Paris attacks was yeah really cool because I knew of the attacks, but I didn't know that kind of like details about it. Yeah, uh, just trying to put stuff into perspective and basically saying that stuff is more than likely to be coming over here within the coming years. So. So Joey worked um, on the anti-terrorism unit. Joey from uh, Great Fighter. He worked on the anti-terrorism teams in New York when he was part of the NYPD. 
and then he's moved on to air, the air marshals and other stuff like that. So he's worked with a ton of foreign agencies, a ton of domestic agencies, all that kind of stuff. He's a very knowledgeable, very experienced guy. Um, and he brought a lot of that reality to us. You know, like, hey, this is what's happening in Europe. This is the trends we're seeing. This is probably what's coming to America in the foreseeable future. And that's something as gun owners of America being citizens of this considerable free country is freer than others we have a responsibility as firearm owners and as you know tactically minded whether civilian or professionals to be prepared be diligent um, and be ready when that fight comes to us because uh, unfortunately the reality is a lot of people don't think the way a lot of you know like I or James thinks and probably a lot of you that are listening to this as far as preparedness and training and all that kind of stuff um you, you gotta be ready for it. You know, if it, it doesn't take some crazy situation or the stars are aligned for you to be at a mall, at a movie theater, at a festival, whatever it is, with your family, and you or know, a theater or like a, Paris or a theater like Paris. Um, it, mean, it can be anywhere, and an active shooter, an active shooter situation takes place, and it could be one person, it could be three active shooters. You know, what is your plan? Are you you know, are you with your kids? Is getting your kids a safety your priority? Are you by yourself? Are you taking the fight to those guys? And regardless of what happens, you're going to have controlled aggressive action and put hate and discontent downrange on the enemy. You know, what what is your plan? And if that's not something that you think about on a normal basis, that's something you should think about. And you should have multiple plans. Like I said, how you react when you're by yourself is different how you react when you're with your girlfriend or your wife. How you react when you have your kids is even different than how you react when you're with your wife and your kids. You know, is your wife's responsibility to get the kids to safety and you are to stand your ground and, you know, take on the threat? Are you escorting your wife and kids out? You know, what is your plan? Is your wife capable and competent enough to escort those kids to safety if you were to stay behind and try to help people? Um, and that's something that you should have a conversation with your significant other about. You know, and it doesn't have to be a full, detailed breakdown plan. This is what we do, and it could be. But just having a general idea and, and having the real-life conversation with them, like, hey, you know, this is a possibility. You know, what do you think? What are you comfortable with? What do you want to do? And, and get the wheels turning. Um, because whether it's your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever it is, that is that is a whole other half to your life. Um, and specifically for my guys, no offense to the women, but specifically to the guys, you know, your woman is your responsibility. And if that's not your mindset, you need to change your mindset. She is your responsibility. Her safety and protection is your responsibility. Now, she should be capable, and you should encourage her to be capable of doing those things herself. But at the end of the day, that is also your responsibility. That's just my mindset. Maybe I'm an old man. That's your job as a man. That is your job as a man, and I don't think I'll ever change my opinion no. on that. So... A little bit of a little bit of a sidetrack on that, but definitely um, good things with with Joey. Um, I liked having Jay as an instructor too. Very experienced guy. Um, I like when instructors get kind of scientific and technical. Like he was talking about ballistics and whatnot with different parts of the vehicles and whatnot. I like that he made the different the differentials between modern and old cars. Yeah. Um, which made sense to me a lot too. Being a fireman, you know, we do. 
you know, vehicle extrications and stuff like that. We need to understand the general makeups of a lot of cars. And there is a big difference in not only, you know, make, uh, not only years and models of a specific car, but even vehicle to vehicle, you know. The newer cars, especially SUVs, will, will stop a good amount of rounds, especially like your A, B, and C pillars. For sure. Uh, like, at a higher rate today, we watched Rick from Achilles Tactics literally mag dump an entire mag of uh, M855 green tip at three yards into the B pillar, and not a single fucking round hit the target on the other side. And it was like, oh my god. And you know, even as a concealed carrier, you don't have to be a high speed cool guy or you know a cop or whatever it might be, to understand those kind of dynamics with vehicles, how to work around vehicles, what are my strong points of vehicles, what is the difference between true concealment and true cover, because that's, as much as it's been preached specifically to the military side of the community, you know, a lot of guys don't realize that just general walls that make up commercial buildings, specifically residential buildings, that is, that is not cover, that is concealment. Now... This is a theory. This is a theory I've always had. I, I never, really, I never really put it into words. Is that concealment, in a sense, could be cover, not ballistically though. So, like, if I am hiding behind drywall, like I'm around a wall. If, in my mind, if I am engaging a target and they disappear behind the wall, I am not going to just start mag dumping into the wall because I'm not able to identify what is on the other side of that wall. That is probably going to be different from a bad guy's perspective. But even in the same thing, if you if you look at it from the mindset perspective, are you really going to waste ammo? Even if you're a bad guy with no training, are you really going to waste ammo just dumping into walls if you can't see who you're trying to shoot? That's not to say that that will always be the case. But, you know, at the same time, sometimes concealing yourself is cover mentally, not ballistically. Yeah. It's, it's very important to make that distinction. That is not ballistic cover. Uh, there, there are videos of like shootouts taking place in like gas stations, and people will literally try and shoot over or around like the aisles and the shelving units that's just filled with chip bags. Yeah, like they don't even think to shoot through it. They're they're trying to find you and go around it. And that's part of just it's odd. And that's part of just that mental game. Even without training, when you're engaging a threat, you naturally think to yourself like, "I need to, I need to see what I'm shooting at." It's like if I'm just shooting at nothing, what I'm doing is pointless. Um, that's kind of just that reaction that a lot of humans have. Um, but nonetheless, being you know that responsible citizen and whatnot, you should understand all those dynamic things and going to courses and stuff like this and listening to those with experience and you know. Uh, professionals and whatnot, you know, helps you understand a lot of that kind of stuff. And you don't have to be, you know, this three combat tour veteran or a 15-year veteran of the police department to, you know, know these types of things or understand these types of things. We've talked about this in the past. Um, you know, who who dictates what makes a good concealed carry instructor? Concealed carry is not a profession. You know, you could argue that guys who have done PSD work and stuff like that are going to be, you know, a little bit more um, qualified to speak on that kind of stuff. But what makes good concealed carry instructors are 
those with diverse knowledge sets and have concealed carry consistently for a very long period of time. If you've been to, if you've been concealed carrying for five years and you know, you also are a jujitsu guy and you've gone to a couple vehicle classes and you know, so on and so forth, so forth. Are you competent to speak about concealed carry? I would say so. Um, you mean, I mean, how many people truly have, you know, concealed carry combats, you know, interactions? Not a, not a ton. I mean, there's, there's more than you would imagine, you know, concealed carry weapons get used a lot, but like for me personally, I've pulled my concealed carry twice in life before off duty, but I've never, I've never had to engage with my pistol. I was able to de-escalate or stop a situation with pulling my concealed carry. Um, so, you know, am I, am I not qualified to speak about concealed carry, even all of my professional, um, experience aside, just because I've never pulled the trigger with my concealed carry. So it, that's just my opinion about it. Um, if what you're saying makes sense in, in that opinion and or thought process derived either from your own experience or the experiences of others, you know, it doesn't really matter. I don't know what your thoughts on that kind of stuff. As far as just experience and instructors and that. Well, I mean, CCW-wise, it's not like it, there's a whole lot of CCW holders out there with, like, multiple bodies on them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, as long as you're competent and you can actually shoot and know what you're talking about, not sputting utter bullshit. And, and there are, and there are pl- there are times and places and categories of like things that you need to be experienced in to teach. Like if you're teaching a vehicle class, you need to be a guy who has dynamically worked in and out of vehicles. That guy's going really fast. <laughs> you need to be a guy that's dynamically and professionally worked in and out of vehicles for a period of time, and you have gone through years and years of self correction and you know experience and that kind of stuff. You know, like, Joey, with the intelligence stuff and, like, the anti-terrorism stuff like that, like, that is something he's done professionally. He worked with tons of agencies and gone to tons of courses and done that kind of stuff, so he's knowledgeable. You know, I, we can't just take a random guy and have him do a bunch of YouTube video watching. You can go watch all of S2 Underground's videos and yeah. be like, I, I am an anti-terrorism guy now. Yeah, you can't, can't put me in there and be like, oh, you can, you're, you're qualified, you're stuck in course. You're, yeah. I've taken three courses that does not mean I am at all qualified to, uh, to teach um, so that kind of stuff is cool the other the other interesting part about it that, like I learned from this weekend so I've, I've never done any type of competition style shooting I've never done a single one um, I used to do red up too did you yeah uh, all clutched off paced uh I don't know what it's modeled after, whether it's uh, USPSA or IDPA. Don't know which one it's modeled after, but it's a uh, it's pretty good time. It's straight up all competition with AKs. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. Um, but yeah, the uh, the aspect of like one thing I learned a lot from this weekend was the difference with competition shooting and tactical shooting and I realize that a lot being with uh, the station of the day with Maddie 
was, for example, like if we're doing some sort of staged drill or whatever, you know, engage here with X amount of rounds, move and engage this target and then finish at this point, engaging, blah, blah, blah. My mind was so stuck in tactical shooting that it was hard for me to engage as a competition style shooter. So two examples of this is one, I remember a very specific point in a stage where I was supposed to engage two targets and then engage another target on the move while moving to like the next stage or whatever. But I had like temporary, I had, I, in my mind, I had cover and or some sort of concealment at the beginning of the stage. So once I engage those first couple targets, and I'm supposed to be engaging targets on the move in my mind. Like my, I, I told myself before the stage started, like you need to move at this point in time. But the tactical side of my mind was like, don't move your feet. You have cover and or concealment here. You can engage the threats faster if you stay still where you are right now. So when I got to the drill, that's exactly what happened is my mind was so stuck on tactical shooting. It's like, stay where you are, engage, then move. Don't move and engage at the same time. Um, so that was cool. And then also like reloads and whatnot, if you plan out reloads for to occur at some point in time during the stage. If your reload happens at a different time or differently than you were expected, it throws your focus off completely because you have this plan in your mind of how that stage is supposed to go. And just one round off or your you do your reload differently than you originally imagined, my focus was thrown. Or you miss steel and you, like, you're already moving to the next one, but you got to come back and yeah, that, sure you get that hit. That was the weird part I'll to me. I never made, I never took any makeup shots, again, because I think I was kind of stuck in that mindset portion of, like, this is how the drill is supposed to be run. I do two, two, one, two, two, or whatever it is. So I'm like, I'm not supposed to shoot extra shots. This is the shots I'm supposed to take. Yeah. So that was a very uh, interesting aspect of that, just getting a little bit of USPA-style shooting. And, you know, like with her, we talked about this yesterday, going from Joey's class that was high intensity, kill bad guys, rah, 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 with the rifle. And we did some pistol with Joey, which is really heavy on the rifle. And then immediately going to Maddie's side where it was like, all right, let's look at really detailed fundamentals and let's slow it down a little bit. And let's, you know, speak softly. And Joey's over here with this giant stick that he's beating people with metaphorically. Two, two completely different style of instructors. We both, both were fantastic, but it was interesting to just go from, you know, instructor to instructor to see the different, the different styles with that. Oh, man. I personally hate driving, and for the first portion, I'm actually sitting in a passenger seat while we record the podcast episode, and James is driving, which is so much nicer. I, I think probably it was like every 30 minutes on the way here, even though I was driving, I was like, are we there yet? Yeah. Yeah, you're not a fan of driving. Not a fan of driving. I gotta drive more than an hour. I just uh, I, I don't like sitting for long periods of time. That's that's really what it comes down to. I don't like sitting and just drive. It's very boring to me. My mind needs to be doing things. I have A D D so I will blank out and I'll magically get there. <laughs> I do not have a special ability. Although this is the first sign I've seen with Cincinnati on it, so we're we're getting there. Yeah, hundred and sixty. 163 miles ago. Another cool thing that was about this weekend 
um, just diving more into the networking side was getting to talk about the business a little bit more and you know what I'm trying to do in the upcoming year and like my goals and stuff like that because it's been hard with social media getting deleted like there was a couple of guys that was that were there they're like oh yeah we used to follow your account what happened to your account and I was like oh that was three accounts ago you know we got deleted so on and so forth so it was nice you know because I read all ECT apparel James was nice enough to rock an ECT shirt for me um, so we were able to spread the business name a little bit got to hand out some cards shake hands kiss babies the whole thing um, and it was nice to just be able to you know talk about what we're trying to do and, and you know a lot of what we're doing right now is on the medical side you know trying to change the mindsets and what is considered standard medical training for civilians but in the 2023 year I want to try to implement some more like defensive handgun style classes into things Originally, I had kind of thought of doing fundamental classes uh, as far as like shooting rifle and pistol because, you know, it, it appeals to a bigger market, but at the same time on the market itself, and this is something you have to consider as a business, is, is the market saturated? It is very, very saturated. There's a ton of guys and a ton of companies, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but there's a ton of companies that teach a lot of bring 500 rounds for this, you know, six hour range, I'm going to teach you how to shoot a pistol really good, which there's nothing wrong with that. You should take those style courses. But, you know, I want to be, you know, a little more different as far as the direction of the company, you know, for our defensive handgun style classes, whatever, regardless of whatever the final name of the curriculum we come up with. I want it to be more concealed carry skill based. I want guys to understand you know, a little bit of ballistics as far as walls and vehicles go. I want them to understand using your CCW from like a grappling perspective, you know, firing from uncomfortable positions, um, you know, drawing from your concealed carry from sitting, from, you know, getting knocked to your back, all that kind of stuff, and develop a skill set because those are the types of things that a lot of people don't talk about, on, especially on the beginner level. And that's something I want to bring to, you know, the market and the community of what is you know, the firearms community is bringing that skill set to mind and, and making truly tactical civilians. And I use that a lot, um, even as a military guy. You know, I, I do truly believe that civilians should be tactical. Um, you cannot rely on others to protect and serve you in a sense. You know, especially in this day and age, a lot of EMS services are stretched really thin. Staffing is a problem. Same thing on the police side, regardless of whatever your opinion is on police. Staffing is struggling. It's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. And, and not to mention, you know, I'll call out my own you know, brothers in red and blue, is that a lot of guys are lazy. They are. There's a lot of guys that are out of shape, both on the fire and the police side. There's a lot of guys that don't take their training seriously. There's guys that don't push themselves. Um, that goes on both sides. You know, I, I will. There will never be a day where I'm not, uh, I'm not preaching that. Yeah. If, well, this is me in general because I'm fat phobic. But if you can't, if you're a law enforcement officer and you can't see your fucking zipper, you have a problem and you need to fix yourself. For sure. Um, and you know, developing skills, even even outside of your firearm, you know, grappling and stuff like that, is a tool in the toolbox that makes your life 
less difficult. There's a lot of police that they have two options. They can either they're either going to conversate with you in a sense, or they're going to panic and guns are going to get pulled. And that's not all. That's not to say that every time you come in contact with a cop, a gun is going to get pulled. But if you're and it's hard because it's it's case by case basis. It's really hard to make blanket statements. Um, I think it's really what I'm trying to say is you you should have more options than just pulling your gun. You should be confident grappling a single individual momentarily until you can get some backup. That's not to say that you need to be so good at grappling that you should be able to just you know go straight to the mats with every single person you ever encounter on the street because the reality of restraining individuals and fighting individuals is it's a dogfight. Um, and the biggest thing with that is, you know, it comes from the conditioning side and the fitness side. Everybody that's listening that's, you know, fought before knows that fights that last past 90 seconds, you will get tired. Like a true fight. If someone's trying to kill you or someone's trying to take your gun or anything like that, you know, that is that is a... Imagine just someone just trying to get away from you is... Oh, yeah, even that. Oh, yeah, if you, even from that perspective, yeah, people just trying to stop people from running once you've got them is is also a hell of a fight. Um, but even with that, you know, you finally catch somebody that's trying to get away. Now they're in fight or flight. You've taken away their flight. Now their only option is fight. But regardless, I mean, if you just, you know, went on a foot pursuit for 200 yards and now you're grappling with an individual, you know, how good is your, how good is your, is your fitness level? You know, if you're a fireman and you know, you've got a two, two story burner and you know, you went in on one air pack, you've came out, you know, you've only had an additional company or two show up and, you know, you're still waiting on more manpower. You got to be able to nut up, shut up, put that second pack on and you're going to be tired regardless. That's not to say that you're never going to be tired, but you need to have that mental fortitude built to say, I know my body's tired, but this tank is still full and I'm going to keep going. Um, but wrapping back around, I mean, even civilians should have this type of mindset. Because again, we go back to that. We go back to that situation. You're at the mall with your family, active shooter, and you're in a store with you know no external exit. Which all all stores have some sort of exit mainly, unless it's a multi-story store. Um, you you get backed into a corner. You need to be able to mentally focus, calm down, and you know tactically and efficiently either engage or evade that threat. Um, Because if you're not, if you haven't put yourself in that mindset and you're trying to lead your wife and your seven-year-old out of a mall and you're just a big, hot, scrambled mess and you have no idea what the hell is going on and now you're hyperventilating and you're tired from doing a couple sprints from cover to cover or whatever it may be, that's that's not a good day. You know, you're already going to be stressed enough as it is because of the situation. You're going to get tunnel vision, especially if it's your first time, you know, ever actually getting shot at or shooting at somebody. So the fitness side of that is something that you can control now. So you have no excuse not to do that. Um, That's not to say you need to be a track star. It's not to say that you need to be a power lifter and, you know, deadlift 600 pounds. But you need to be fit. That is a very multifaceted front, to say the least. You got any thoughts on any of that? I just went on a, I just went on a monologue. I had an ADD moment zoned out, so. <laughs> I saw that you were staring. I didn't know if you were thinking of things to say or you were just staring at gone. that point. I think that's really, 
really all I've got for the for the podcast run. I think we covered the range day pretty good. Yeah, it was a good time. Good time. Good people. Good people. Yeah, shout out to everybody that we got to meet. Um, I definitely don't remember all of your names, but I will remember all of your faces for all the times I see you in the future. So um, glad I got to meet everybody. Glad I got to shoot with everybody. Um, definitely looking forward to more events like that in the future. Looking forward to hopefully networking with other companies and instructors and hopefully doing stuff in the future you know we're we here at ect our young company i only got another instructor or two currently with the company and i do pretty much all the social media stuff but so long as the world doesn't completely fall apart on us in 2023 which is very much up in the air i think 2023 will be a good year um, as far as classes go and whatnot i don't really ever foresee us being like a product company please um, don't please don't <laughs> you know, enough t-shirt companies yeah there's well I meant even like let me come out with my version of the same exact sling for the 15th time like that kind of stuff yeah um, you know, we sell the IFAX and whatnot and that was really when I initially started this specifically when I was writing the medical class curriculum was I looked at a lot of IFAX on the market and a lot of IFAX, I felt, yeah, it was getting a little hot in here. Um, a lot of IFAX on the market seem like they are skimmed down and aren't true, like true shooter trauma IFAX, like something you could take straight from package to IFAX. Um, that was definitely a hole that I wanted to fill. But outside of that, I don't, I don't ever foresee us being a product company. I see us doing training. I see us even just doing a lot of content so long as i can you know get enough classes going and whatnot to continue to run the company i i at the end of the day like making content and sharing knowledge online you know as, as cheesy it is i like the content creator side of things um, and hopefully i continue to learn more about that and make better contacts so on and so forth i don't know how this audio sounds because i'm using just one of our bluetooth um lapel mics for this and we're in the car so I'm going to try to touch the audio up a little bit before we post this but um, yeah, that's, that's really uh, really all about I got about all you got that's all I got you're a man of, you're a man of many words <laughs> <laughs> any, any words for the people don't be fat don't be fat that's a good one don't be fat <laughs> All right, guys, that's all I've got for episode 11, Deliver Fun, Networking, and Road Trips. As always, guys, train hard, train often. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder. Call me what you wanna, but you can't call me no coward. Strength the numbers, we the people, still the ones with power. Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours.